praise you. Amen. How many have discovered that uh, praise is one of the most powerful weapons that you have? A lot of people don't look at praise as a weapon, but it's one of the weapons God has given us is to praise our way out of the situation that we're in. And uh, when we begin to praise the Lord, what happens? He invades the situation. He, he inhabits the praises of his people. So I want to encourage you, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, no matter whether you understand or don't understand, praise him. One, he's worthy of praise. Two, praise moves him to the point that your circumstances and situations change. Good friend of mine, Terry Pipes, that I'm going to introduce here at this time, a few weeks ago was sharing with me a, a true real-life story that uh, touched my heart, and I asked him to, to share with you tonight something that's very appropriate. And by the way, happy Father's Day to all you fathers that uh, be coming up this weekend. Uh, Terry, come and bless us with, with uh, the story you shared with me. I don't know who this is for. I normally have never made this presentation that it wasn't for somebody that I had no idea what it was for. But God uses us to tell stories. Dennis and I were talking earlier. No one ever gets saved unless there's a sacrifice involved. And yet we kind of walk through life. <clears throat> this is a story that happened years ago with me. I had a, years ago I used to do a lot of running and I used to ride motorcycles an awful lot. And I had a buddy that I ended up running with that we were so totally different that we enjoyed our, each other's company. Carl was about five foot seven, five foot eight, weighed about 140 pounds, could run like a gazelle. He was an highly educated, read books all the time. Here I am on the other side of the fence, not highly educated. The only book I'd ever read at that time in my life was a Bible. I was taller than he. I wasn't near as fast as he running. But we used to run and talk. And I used to tell him about my motorcycle ride, how we'd, I'd go here, go there. Not much, not a state in the nation I hadn't been in at least twice, including Hawaii on a motorcycle. So I've ridden a lot and done it. And we talk about it and do it. And he said, you know, Terry, I've always wanted a motorcycle. But when I was a kid, my daddy never would let me have one. And he said, but you know, I'm up in my 40s, got a wife and some kids. I think I can think on my own. So I think, let's get a motorcycle. I believe I'll get me one. I, oh, that'd be good. Well, I was riding a particular brand that I liked. And so I thought maybe we'd go see what we could find for him. So we did. We began to look. And we stumbled up on a couple that we thought was in a deal right, would do right, and what have you. And we were all excited. I was going to get me a riding buddy, riding the same kind of bike I was riding. We could travel. He had time off. I had time off. I've been self-employed a long time. He was self-employed. So we go and we do and we're dealing with this motorcycle and we're excited about it. We come out of the YM, we down at the YMCA downtown. We come out of the YMCA on a Friday and he is running wide open. I mean wide open and I'm running, I'm saying what is the deal? He said, well, I'm mad. I'm really mad. And I said, well, you got to slow down because I can't breathe, run, and listen at the same time. You've got to slow down. So he did. I said, what are you mad about? He said, the motorcycle deal's off. I said, what? What do you mean the motorcycle deal's off? He said, this morning 
when I was in my prayer closet talking to God about buying that motorcycle, he said, the Holy Spirit said, just as plain as I'm speaking to you, what does your daddy say about the motorcycle? He said, as I have done before, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm a grown man. I'm 40-something years of age at that time. I'm a, I can, Holy Spirit says, what does your dad say about the motorcycle? He said, so the deal's off, Terry. I can't buy the motorcycle, and I know my dad's not going to give me permission. He said, you know, my dad's an alcoholic. He's a barber all his life, and he's an alcoholic, and he's down there in Mississippi laying in a hospital dying with cirrhosis of the liver. And he said, every time my mother, which is sold out to Jesus, and her brother, or my uncle, goes to talk to him about Jesus, he says, get out of here. I don't want to hear about this Jesus guy. If he's so great, why am I laying in this bed dying with cirrhosis liver? Does that sound familiar to anybody? And he said, I'm letting y'all get out of here. I don't want to hear about this Jesus guy. I said, well, then we like to kill each other that day running. I'm, so mad, I'm aggravated at his dad. I'm mad at his dad, not him. I'm mad at it, and I'm just, I'm very ideal wouldn't let the boy have a motorcycle. So we're running, doing, and come in. And a couple of weeks later, he, we're coming. He said, I won't, he and I would run five days a week, and then on Saturday we'd run a long one. And he said, I won't be here. I'm going to leave Saturday, Friday sometime, and I'm headed down to Mississippi. They said, if I want to see my dad alive, I better come on down. I said, okay. I don't like the old man anyway. Wouldn't let the boy buy a motorcycle. So whatever. You know, he leaves. <clears throat> the following Monday, we come out of the Y, and he is wide open again. I said, all right, Carl. The guy's name's Carl. I said, Carl, what is the deal? He said, the motorcycle deal's back on. I said, really? He said, yeah. I said, uh, slow down and tell me about it. So he did. He said, I went to see my dad, and we sat there, and he said, my dad and I never worked close. He said, I, we just would be associate, you know, but we never were close. And I'm sitting there in the room, I'm not, he said, Dad, I got to ask your permission for something. And the old man turned and looked at him, got tubes here, there, and yonder, as you can imagine. He said, what's that, son? He said, I got a friend back in Shreveport that rides motorcycles a lot, and I'd like to ride a motorcycle and I'd like to buy one. Dad said, uh-huh. He said, so I need your permission before I, I get choked up every time I get to this part. I need your permission to buy that motorcycle. Said the old man looked at him and said, son, ain't you about 44 years old? Got a wife and kids? Yes, sir. He said, you don't need my permission. You're a grown man. You make your own decision. He said, no, sir, Dad. The Jesus I follow says, I must honor my parents. And without your permission, Dad, I can't buy that motorcycle. Said the old man sat and looked out the window, turned and looked out the window for a long time because he didn't want to see them, Carl to see him cry. But he turned back over. Said, Carl, if you want that motorcycle, you buy it. You got my permission. You just be careful and don't get hurt. I said, yes, sir. I said, really? So the deal's back on. He said, that ain't all. I said, my mama called me after I got home and said, you're not going to believe this, but your daddy called from the hospital, had the nurse call and asked for me and your uncle to come up there and see him. 
that he wanted to know. <clears throat> he wanted to know that Jesus, his son, there. He did the Lord's, he did the, the prayer, the sinner's prayer, and turned his life over to Jesus and died two days later. The good book doesn't say honor your mother and your father if they're great parents, if they treat you like you want. It just says we must honor our parents. This weekend will be Father's Day. Let's honor our fathers, if they're here with us or not. Thank you. about honor, respect. Honor. Webster says to show high regard for. All day long I've not knowing what God wanted me to do on the heels of that. Some of you say, well, I don't even have a dad. My dad's dead. So is mine. I never knew my dad. He ran away when I was a kid. I understand. We got a heavenly father Amen. that we need to honor. Yes. Jesus said in his word, he says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. There are some here tonight that you're on great terms with your earthly father and with your heavenly father. There are some here tonight that I'd venture to say are not on good terms with either one. You see, it's so easy to allow things and stuff and disagreements and little, oftentimes little things. The little fox that spoils the vine. It's oftentimes we allow that becomes a stronghold in our life. Unforgiveness turns into bitterness. Hate. I too feel like I need to share a story. I was in uh, Ardmore, Oklahoma at a roping, and my wife happened to go on that trip with me. She'll remember this story. We were, when, after we had Cowboy Church, the roping was about to start, and we were walking from the Hardy Murphy Coliseum out to the truck to put my uh, Bible in the truck, and I saw a cowboy coming across the parking lot, <laughs> and uh, I could tell by the way that he was walking that he was wanting to talk. And uh, so I told Glenn, I said, here, take my Bible and go put it in the truck. I said, this guy wants to talk. So he kept weaving through the trucks, and he finally got me cut off, and he walked up, and I'm going to best I can mimic him. He's looking at the ground the whole time, and he was doing this. Cowboy's bad about playing with the rope. 
hooking their thumbs in their pocket and stuff like that. Anyway, he walked up and he said, are you the preacher? I said, well, I'm one of them. He goes, uh, can this Jesus really do everything you all say he can? I said, yes, sir. He said, tell me about him. We stood there in that parking lot and began to tell him about the Lord. Forty-five minutes later, I got to, after answering a lot of questions, led him to the Lord. And as soon as he accepted Jesus as his Savior, he said, can I ask one more favor of you? I said, yes, sir. He said, would you say a prayer for my dad? said, he's in the hospital in Little Rock, dying of cancer. And we hadn't got along real good and hadn't spoke much in the last two or three years. I said, yeah, Jared, I will. I'll pray for him. I said, well, let me tell you what you need to do. When you get back to Arkansas, you need to go see your dad. And you need to tell him what you've just done. And as a Christian, you need to ask your dad for forgiveness for Whatever happened that y'all hadn't been talking, whether it was your fault or not your fault, you need to ask him to forgive you. And you need to go and make things right with your dad. He said, I don't know if I can do that. I said, you got to. Well, he did. And uh, went and told his dad that he had given his heart to the Lord and led his dad to the Lord. Prayed for his dad's healing. His dad healed him of stage four lung cancer. We had a roping school there in Springer a couple of weeks later, and I told Buddy Norman, I said, I feel like Jared needs to come. A guy's named Jared Thomason. You can check his story out if you want to. For 11 years, he was a sniper in the Marine Corps. Pulled several tours. I forget how many tours in uh, Afghanistan and Iraq. And when he got to this roping school, he began to share with me how he, uh, it was haunting him. They had went in to clear a building one time. They took some sniper fire, and they'd gone in to clear a building. And while he was in that building, he shot and killed a nine-year-old boy that was charging him to kill him. And he lived with it every day. And... Over the period of about six months, we talked virtually every day. And God began to do a work in his life to the point that he got delivered from that and began to express his love, began to express this Jesus that was changing his life. And I want you to know if there's somebody in this place tonight, I know this is not a typical sermon, but if you're in this place tonight, and you've got a root of unforgiveness or bitterness in your life towards anyone. You're suffering more than anyone. You need to honor your heavenly father and his word. And you need to go and make that right. You need to, uh, well, in Luke 15, there's a story that, about the prodigal son. All of you know it. There's a man who had two sons. And the younger one came and he said, 
Lord, give, Master, give to me my inheritance. And he basically said, okay. So he took his inheritance and he went and wasted it on riotous living, as it says, and spent all that he had, finds himself eventually in a pig pen, hungry. And one of the main phrases in that story says, and when he came to his senses. There's a lot of us in life that need to come to our senses. Born on November 29th, 1977, Andy, I came to my senses and realized I couldn't outrun God. I couldn't get away from God. I was miserable doing the things that the world told me that if I'd just do them, I'd be happy. Oh, and sin was fun for a season, but then the bondage that came with it, the addictions that came with it, the heartache, the turmoil, the brokenness. I came to my senses. And like the man in this story, I began to run to a heavenly father. See, my brother and I were the only ones in the living room of my home that day. And I said, Danny, if, if this Jesus can do everything that y'all say that he can. Many of you know my testimony, and I'm not going to share the whole thing with you. But I was from the depths of my heart, honest. And I said, if this Jesus can really do everything you say he can do, and will take this whiskey bottle from me right now, now, in your case, it might be take this unforgiveness from me. It might be take this from me, or it might be this or that. But I said, if he can do that, I'll serve him till the day that I die. But I've got to know that I'm saved, not have somebody tell me that I'm saved. I've got to feel his power. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> because when I did, he knocked me flat on my back in the living room of my home. Y'all know this story. And I literally said, what the hell? I'd be lying if I said I said anything else. That's what I said. And then it dawned on me I, I, what I had told the Lord. And it dawned on me that's what was happening. I had experienced his power. And I just said, Lord, forgive me. And when I did, something began to happen inside. There was this warmth that began to flow throughout my body. I believe it was the Lord purging my system because I got up off of that floor and never had the DTs or the shakes, never wanted another drink, never had to fight the urge whatsoever. And that same Jesus is here. Amen. And he's available to you. Amen. You've heard me say many times before, and true it is, that there's two things that stop him in his tracks. It's the cry of the desperate Blind Bartimaeus. It's the touch of the sincere, the woman with the issue of blood. I promise you when you're desperate or when you're sincere, you stop him in your tracks. You have his undivided attention. If I didn't know, not think, if I didn't know that this Jesus is the same today that he was in the era of when we read his mighty feats in the word he's still a miracle working God Amen. he still saves and cleanses sin he still gives peace in the middle of the storm he's still the way maker that makes ways where there seems to be no way 
Maybe like this man in this story, you need to come running to your heavenly father and possibly your earthly father. He went on to say, I'm no more worthy to be called your son. But that's not the way the father saw him. Remember, the father would go out and he'd look down the road or across the pasture or whatever the case was, but he'd look to see if his son was coming. Finally, one day he saw him. Oh, come on, Jesus. Went out and threw his arms around him with love and compassion, held him, restored him, told his servants, kill the fatted calf, get a robe, get shoes, get the ring. That robe represented nobility. We're the sons and daughters of God. We're the righteousness of God in Christ, a brand new creation in him. That ring represented the family crest. Whoever had that ring when they went to the market, Ann Dennington, you think you spend money? Honey, you ought, you ought, to, see, you ought to see what, when they'd go to the market, that ring represented everything that that family had. That's why we're told to pray in the name of Jesus. That, that name, we have it available to us whereby we can be saved, we can be delivered, we can seek wisdom and peace and prosperity and all of those things. And those shoes, they were a sign of a free man. See, slaves were barefooted. Those, sla those shoes represented a free man. Do you need to have some shoes put on your feet tonight? Do you need to be free from some things? Like Terry started out a while ago saying that anytime there's salvation, and that doesn't just mean from the cleansing of your sins for your eternal salvation. That means salvation from something. There's almost always somebody that has sacrificed something. Would you bow your heads? If you're here in this house tonight, I know this hadn't been no preach to paint off the wall message, but this is what the Lord has put in our heart. You say, Dennis... Quite honestly, I have not honored my earthly parents the way that I should. Could I see your hand? I want to just pray for you. Anybody? Thank you, young man. Thank you, your sir. Anyone else? Get it up. Just say, I want to admit. Thank you, sir. In the balcony. I see you. I have not. Thank you, ma'am. I have not honored my earthly parents the way that I should. Thank you, men. You can put them down. Raise them up. Put them down. You see, you need to raise your hand more for yourself than you do for me. Because that's just an admission of, you know what, that's me. Maybe you're here in this place and tonight and you'd say, I haven't honored my heavenly father or the Lord of this universe. I don't even know him as my Savior and my Lord, but I'd like to give my life to him tonight. If that's you, like that prodigal son, you need your sins cleansed and forgiven. Could I see your hand, anyone, anywhere? This is your moment. This is your time. Thank you, young lady. Anyone else? Very quickly. Say, Dennis, that's me. I need to get some things right with God. Anyone? Anyone else that will join this young lady? Young lady, I'd just say to you that the Word of God is clear and that it says that if we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, it came to this earth and shed pristine, pure, sinless blood to atone sinful man to holy God. Died, rose again from the dead 
walked out of a grave with the keys of death, hell, and the grave. We believe that in our heart and confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus. The word says that we're saved. My prayers cannot save you. I say that every week because it's the truth. But the Lord is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins if we just come to him and call on him. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now in case you don't even know how to pray, but it's more a condition of the heart. See, the Lord knows the thought and the intents of your heart. and So I ask you now to just pray with me, if you would, across this place. Say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. And I believe that you're the Savior of sinners. I believe you're your Son of God. You love me, died for me. So I ask you now, Lord, to forgive me of my sins, to cleanse me with your blood, to come into my life, and to be my Savior and my Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Help me to learn your word, to learn your ways, to learn your voice so that I can live a life that's pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, you saw five or six hands go up across this place from people that had not honored their earthly parents the way that they should. And I pray, God, that you would deal with their hearts and move on them to make a phone call or a visit and to, in humility, just say, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Because I know parents' heart is, they want to forgive. They want restoration. Do a miracle in their circumstance and in their situations, God. Restore that family to the way that it should be. Raise them up, God, with a testimony of praise in their mouth. Let the glory of God be seen in their family. There are others here that raised their hand tonight, Lord, that just said simply, I've not honored my heavenly Father the way that I should. Lord, your word does say that if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So I pray, Lord, that we would not get under condemnation, but we'd get under conviction for the areas that we've been remiss and that, Lord, that you would help us to be more faithful, to walk out this journey with your help and by your strength and your power. God, I ask you to do a, a work in every heart and every life that's gathered here tonight. Pray that you would guide our steps and do what only you can do in our lives. Now, Lord, as we are with family this weekend and celebrate Father's Day, help us to be sensitive to the leading of your Spirit, to speak love and life and hope into our families. Use us to glorify you. Let testimonies come, Lord, of how you've intervened and moved in families. 
We'll be sure to say thank you and to give you praise. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen.